this fucking Google, Julie. Why wouldn't a search be included? That's what makes us a great duo. Yes. One of us listens, one of us doesn't. Exactly. (laughs) Sometimes scary, but always fun. (laughs) Yeah, you're never sure if you should take your hands off and put them up in the air or hang on tight. Uh, Read my fucking headline, Bozo the Clown. I'm already a best-selling author. Welcome to Defeat the Chaos. I'm Julie, he's Corey, and Defeat the Chaos is a show about the highs and lows of being an entrepreneur. Whether you're looking for direction on how to be a more successful entrepreneur, woo, that's a mouthful today, or if you're just looking for someone to share in the struggle, this show is for you. On today's show, we welcome back Callie Keene. Callie is officially a regular guest at this point. He's joining us monthly to give you insights into being a successful entrepreneur and also some things you should do to avoid failure. Callie is a product expert, but he's also the most well-versed non-marketing marketer I know. Callie's coming on after... Nope. Kelly's coming on for the second half of the show, but before he joins us, we're going to see what kind of trouble we can get into. What's happening, Corey? Um, besides your intro? That intro kind of blew, didn't it? it? It was tough. Yeah, well. Across the board. But hey, we got through it, and that's what we do here. That's what we do with small business, right? Right. If we were, if we wanted to look really professional, we could edit that out and just start over. We could, but let's run with it. Yeah. I'm good with that. Okay. Okay. Sure. Yeah. It's not you. It's me that looks bad. Hey, do you want to re- re-record it? Nah. You sure? I do not want to re-record it. I don't. I want to just roll with it because I want to show people that sometimes you just have to make the best of a situation. That is accurate. Yeah. So what's going on with you? Oh, you know, just... Um Trying to open up a restaurant. Happy Cinco de Mayo, everybody. Yes, happy Cinco de Mayo. Yes, that's exciting. I was thinking that we should just rename our radio show Cabo. Why is that? Because that's really all we talk about anymore is <clears throat> no, it's Cabo. Not. <laughs> it's Cabo. You, you say that all the time, but that's not true. It It is true. But I, that's not a complaint. It's it. This is... Pretty. This is pretty much our lives at this point. Is kind of sounds like a complaint, though. No, it's not a complaint. Okay, it's it's not a complaint. Fair enough. I was laughing the other. I was laughing because I was watching some reels that you had done for SB Pace, and all three of them are about Cabo. <laughs> I was like, we have successfully merged Cabo into taking over SB Pace. I'm not going to go look it up right now, but I'm fairly certain the content of those was requested by you. Was, hey, say something about this and relate it back to Cabo. Talk about this while you're in Cabo. And I, I did that. I, actually, I, I asked for an update on Cabo. I did. Sure. And then and I asked for a humorous one about, hey, remember me? <laughs> you haven't seen me in a while because you haven't, you haven't been doing reels for a while. But in all fairness, I actually got lectured by Francis this past week because she said, do you think it's about time you could actually do a reel for us again with your face on it? Because nobody's seen your face in like a month on a reel. Ouch. <laughs> Good work, Francis. I'm like, sure. So she said, I put 
I put a bunch of them on the content calendar for you. So go read the calendar and make them. And I'm like, okay. Francis. So I'm being, I'm being bossed around by a college well, senior at this point. You're the one who gave her that raise. So I, look, I know. Well, look what that did. Well-deserved raise, I guess. And went to her head really fast. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden now we've got a college senior who's bossing me around. That doesn't feel good. It doesn't, but it's also kind of nice to just say, hey, you're doing your job and you don't have to think about it, Julie. Yeah, I know. I know. But I just trying to find and I know it sounds ridiculous because reels are like 60 seconds or less, actually less than 60 seconds. And, you know, unlike some people that we know who like they spend four hours and they still can't create a reel. We're not going to mention names here, but we know people like that. Right. We can usually bang them out pretty fast, but I cannot for the life of me lately. I I, I got no creativity when it comes to reels. I can't I can't think of anything. I'm like, oh, crap. So I was going to do some today. I got to do three of them today. That was my commitment to Francis. Well, I can help out with that, Julie. Yeah. If, the, if the topics are there, I can. Do you, oh, you do you want to talk about Cabo? <laughs> I mean, I might now. Yeah. I wasn't going to. Well, actually, I do want to. Uh, I think that <clears throat> there's a topic with Cabo that is a perfect conversation for this particular topic for our show today. Because the show today is called... And I have to go back and and now find it, right? But why entrepreneurs fail? No, 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 no. It's not why entrepreneurs oh, that's fail. That's what's on the top of that thing. Oh, that's an old one. Sorry. Uh-huh. It's actually our show today is called "Stop Paying for Ads on Social Media," uh-huh. and the reason that I thought it was, I think you have such a you have a really good story to tell with respect to social media today. Do I? The power of social media. You experienced it firsthand on Friday. What was Friday? Um, Friday night. Well, yes. You ran a little. I did a story, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you you did. You did a story, uh-huh. yes. I think I did two stories. Well, you did the same story four times, <laughs> <laughs> which is not uncommon to happen, but it was just the same thing on repeat. But I was like, well, he's really fucking getting his point across. You did a flash sale. Yes, yes. And, so and it sold out fast. Yes, and yeah, that was a uh, uh, super. I mean, it was super easy, like last minute thing. That uh-huh. was, a, that was a, a fucking nightmare. I, <clears throat> um, so uh, the story, whatever I recorded, the video that I recorded was I was <laughs> I was stuck in traffic. Right. The whole idea was that I was going to do it from in front of the store, uh-huh. and, you know, and, and do it there. But I had to do it from traffic because. I had gone down to City Hall to try and get our business license, and I, um, kind of like in a video game, I think I unlocked a new achievement, but this one sucks, because I somehow have discovered a new permit that nobody else has ever heard of that I have to somehow go find and get in order for us to get our business license. So that was fun, because I was there, and half of, part of me thinks that the woman there was just blowing smoke up my ass, because it was late on a Friday, and she just didn't want to do any work, and she's mm-hmm. a government employee, but part of me also was like, well, this just sounds about right, just another way for us to, you know, for local government to fleece its business owners, it's, oh yeah, well, we know that you already did the work, but we're going to need you to do the work again, and just pay us again, so basically, what's the new license? So it's not, it's a permit, so the uh, we have the, the certificate of occupancy and, mm-hmm. and I've talked about that in detail and how much of a pain that was. And we finally got that and I went in and I had all my paperwork, including the CO, which was required to get a business license. Mm-hmm. And I gave it to the woman. She's like, this isn't your CO. I'm like, well, it is my CO. And she said, nope. 
it's it's your builder's CO. And I'm like, well, I'm well aware of that. He did the work for me. He went and got the CO, and, and that's why it's underneath his, you know, his business's name. And she's like, yeah, I need your name on this. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> she said, yeah. And so you're going to have to go to the zoning and planning department, and you're going to have to file to get your own CO, basically your own thing with them, saying that my business is approved to operate according to the city in the space that my business is approved to operate by the city already. Um, How much does that cost? It's $150. It's not a lot of money. But I have what I'm concerned about is how long is that going to take? Because you can't now you, you can't open until you. Well, correct. And so now and I found that they were obviously that office, the zoning department closes early on Fridays because why not? They've worked hard enough. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the giant backlog of permits and plans and everything that need to be approved. That can wait till Monday. Don't worry. Um and, and so, yeah, so I found that out, which was fun. And then on the way back, I did that, just that video for the flash sale, which was, uh, which was fun. But again, I'm stuck in traffic because the city of Richmond and its infinite wisdom, instead of closing on a three lane road, instead of closing down two lanes, letting, leaving one open or one, two, keeping two open and closing one to, to repave roads, they just closed down the entire road. And it's not like, uh, you know, it's a major thoroughfare. Right. It was Broad Street, right? Oh, and there was a train wreck on the road that runs parallel. A a literal train wreck? A literal train wreck (laughs) that had closed down, had closed down the road that was running parallel to it. So it was a fucking nightmare trying to get back. And I was like, well, I guess I'm recording this from, from my car. Um, Oh my God. Okay, so (laughs) I have so many questions now that don't even talk about social media, but okay, so first off. Do you, do you got your liquor license? Nope. Okay. <laughs> um, so you don't still really know your official opening date? Nope. But we, you have your fa- friends and family soft launch plan. Friends and family, we don't need either of those. Okay. So it would be nice to have alcohol to sell. So the friends and family event for everybody is like a soft opening for a restaurant where you bring all your friends and family in and hopefully they don't, you know, you don't upset them too much. They know that you're brand new, you're opening and that they're, you know, they might have to wait longer or uh, whatever it is. And for us, we are, all food is on the house. So you just come in and eat, enjoy and help us. You're basically helping the staff get trained on how to actually work in uh, an environment with customers. And um, so that's kind of the trade-off there is that your meal might be slow or it might be incorrect or we might, might be run cold. Not hopefully not cold, but it might be we might run out of something that we shouldn't have run out of because okay. you know there, there's all those things. And so that's the trade-off is that you get free food, but you might have a bad experience. But you're a friend and a family member, and so you know that's fine. You're but, okay with it, yeah. We were going to also have alcohol for sale because we, our bartenders need to get trained, and you are not legally allowed to give away alcohol in the state of Virginia. So we were going to give away the food and any alcohol that anybody purchased um, wanted, they were going to have to purchase. And I think that's also a fair trade-off. But if we don't have a business license or a liquor license, we can't sell anything, period. So we will just have to give away food and probably just go to the store and buy beer and wine and just give that away to anybody who wants it. Wow. Yeah. But I'm pretty confident, pretty confident. I don't know. I'm, I, I would be lying. I'm not confident on anything right now. Um, it's, yeah, it's just, a, it's a joke. ABC is, uh, they are backlogged and the license tech promised me that he was going to get back to me on Friday, uh, regardless of the status of the license, he was going to get back to me, um, to let us, kn- let us know where we stood. He, I never heard from him. So I have no idea what's up with that. I have multiple people trying to figure out 
what this new permit is that I discovered, but um, nobody can do anything until the permitting office opens up on Monday. And on top of that, the permitting office here in Richmond has gone 100% digital, which means you cannot walk into the place to talk to somebody. You cannot call them on the phone. Everything has to be done electronically, which just, I mean, that really helps small business owners. It does. Wow. That's. <laughs> yeah. So you, uh, wow. You get, you have no idea if you're, if, if your communications are even received at that point. No, none at all. Absolutely none at all. Okay. Well, let's go back to talk. That's, yes. that's so a lot. Let's, let's talk about to, social media. Yeah, let's do that. So, so you did a flash sale. Yes. Right. Which technically were you legally allowed? Uh, no, don't, yeah, they don't need to worry about that. Okay. Okay. Did a flash sale that you announced via social media. And then was that the only place that you announced it? Yes. And, but you was only for like 20 people, if I remember correctly. Yeah. We just wanted to kind of start testing, testing things that we haven't tested yet. Um, and it was a good test because of course the very first order that came in, uh, somehow I say somehow the person who placed the very first order ever with Gabo was able to order items that she wasn't supposed to be able to order because she ordered queso. No, she didn't get queso. We had figured that one out, but there was, there were like some menu items that were menu, uh, groups or, or whatever that were buried kind of deep that we didn't, uh, disable. And of course, the very first ticket that came in, had, we had to call her and say, hey, uh, thanks for being our first customer. Anyway, um, we can't give you everything that's on your ticket. So that was kind of embarrassing. Uh, but everything from, you know, about beyond there was fine. And it was it was just a, a good overall test to like test the actual uh, system, test the um, the the connections and, and all of that and give give our guys in the kitchen a little bit of a um, because like we've all just been working forever, it seems like, in this restaurant and not doing any actual restaurant work. Like it's, it's, uh, I mean, we, we have food and obviously the food in the restaurant now, mm-hmm. um, but it's not prepped or set up or anything because we're not really open for business. Guys come in, the kitchen people come in, they prep. We kind of do like mock service for people who are training or whatever. And then everything gets cleaned up and put away. So the other day, I think it was yesterday I was in there and walking around and I'm hungry and I'm like, for the love of fucking God, I own a restaurant and I know there's food in here, but I can't cook anything. Why, like, why can't you cook it? Because it's all put away. It's all put away and cleaned up. And I don't want to make a mess because, A, I don't want to have to clean up after myself. But, you know, B, it's it's like it, it's all put away and, and anything that's there is, um, you know, I just want to kind of leave it there because I don't want to start messing around with things. I don't really know how the kitchen's set up because I haven't had a chance to get in there and train. So it's this whole thing where it's like for months, uh, months and months, almost a year now, I've been like working inside of a restaurant and I always have to go out to eat, mm-hmm. which is really annoying. Okay, so back to social media. Yes. <laughs> so we did this. Um, so you did a flash sale where you announced it. Did you just announce it on Instagram? That's the only place you put it. There's a good chance it went to Facebook. I have no idea. Matt was helping me with that. Um, and yeah, I don't. I, I, I don't know. How long did it take from when you pub when you posted the story that the flash sale was happening to order for orders to start coming in? The first order came in within minutes. So isn't it crazy that this thing that we both hate so much, like, is so effective in communicating with people who want to know what's happening with your business? And all you had to do was create a stupid video from your car to say, hey, we're doing this thing. 
get your order in, and added a little personality at the end by saying, no queso, I hate me too. Correct. And then boom, and it sold out. How long did it take to sell out? I don't know, but it, it was quick. It, whatever the time was between the two videos pretty much was from when, like from when we posted the two videos. Was yeah. One. Now, will you do something like that again before you open? Um, I don't know. We'll see. I would like to. I would like to, to, to be able to kind of do that. And it's, again, just giving everybody training. And and for me, like, there's a ton of stuff that, a ton of stuff. There's a handful of things that I had to do, for instance, f- like find a mobile order in our computer system, in our POS, um, to get information that wasn't printed on the, you know, like there's things that, and so one of my partners, Gary, was there, and he was like, I thought you got training. And I'm like, I've never done a mobile order. I've never had to, like, refund somebody on it. So it was it was a good test. It was a good training. Um from that, so uh, from that perspective, yes, I would like to do it again, and also it again gives the guy it gives everybody in in the restaurant. I don't know, kind of that they're there to work in a restaurant. They're not yeah. there to just pretend like they're working in a restaurant. Right, right. And it was kind of like this, probably like thirty minutes of pure adrenaline because you had like stuff to actually do that mattered for customers. Right? <laughs> exactly, and we actually saw a little bit of revenue come in the door, which is amazing right now. And did you um, did you ask everybody for a review to stomp out that one star Google review from the person who Oh yeah, no, I'm not even bothering that. Although I did reach out to Google speaking of social media, so uh we're not open as everybody is probably well aware of by now. Um and I reached out to Google to try and <laughs> delete that one star review and it's impossible. How'd to, that go? <clears throat> so I, I went through all of the steps and finally got to a thing where I flagged it and wrote down my explanation why it should should be deleted, um, being that we're not open. So it's impossible for somebody to have reviewed our business because we're not open. Mm-hmm. And I got an email that said, thanks for the, the uh, ticket. Um, we'll review this and get back to you. And then less than two minutes later, I got a thing back. I said, yeah, we've reviewed it. There's nothing wrong with that. It's like, no, you didn't review shit. So (laughs) let that be a lesson to everybody of how worthless reviews can be sometimes, right? Yeah. Because that's not, there's no way it's accurate. And, but I guess the person's just really pissed you're not open yet. That's the only thing I can figure. It's the only way somebody would be mad at us right now. I don't know. I think some of the best reviews on Google are the ones where people review like national monuments or like national parks and stuff like that. Dude, those are funny. They also show you how unimportant or how unrealistic reviews are sometimes because the reviews on the Washington Monument are hysterical. I think a lot of those, though, are supposed to be funny. Oh, I'm sure they are supposed to be funny. Yeah. I mean, somebody uh, was, I, I don't know how they figure this out, but Google has since gotten rid of this, which, uh, I don't know, questions Google's, um, where they stand on certain things, I guess, but in North Korea, for a while there, you could leave reviews on the work camps that they Oh, had. yes. <laughs> and people so, were leaving hilarious reviews. I'm about, sure we're not supposed to laugh at that, but that is very funny. Uh, laughing at the point that people are calling this out, that you can find, you can A, find these things on the internet. They are labeled. In Google, the people were leaving reviews and Google disabled that. And I'm like, maybe we should worry about more about why they're work camps than the silly reviews that people are leaving about these work camps. Yeah. But yeah. that's that's crazy. And, you know, like uh, it's just 
That's just more <clears throat> more censorship. But we won't go there right now. No, let's get back to social media. Let's get Julie. back to social Quit media. Off topic. It's you that keeps getting off topic, <laughs> yeah. right? So, so you you had a I and when I saw the um, the story go up, I thought, oh, this is going to be a really good social media experience for him to see how quickly something can take flight, right? And and a movement can start. And I'm sure you can probably guess that people that saw it right away that ordered probably told their friends, sent it to their friends and said, hey, go order, go yeah. order, whatever, right? And then as soon as the order, as soon as it was, you were sold out, now did you take exactly, you took 20 orders, right? You didn't go over? Um, we We went a little. Like, you know, it was ballpark 20. The 20 was just to help um, create that uh, sense of urgency, that sure. scarcity. Sure. Right. Okay. And then you, you posted a, hey, we're sold out. Thanks. Right? Yeah. So let everybody know. Which was um, kind of funny because I, I posted that and the very last person who placed an order ended up calling like, oh, wait, you guys are closed? Like, and I was like, oh, no, no, sorry. Because she, she saw the original story, placed an order, and then saw the second story and thought that her order wasn't being made. I was like, oh, no, no, we're, we're, still, we're still making your food. You come on down. We're just not, we're not taking any more orders. Not I guess taking I, any more. I could have been a little more, uh, used different words in that post, but whatever. Well, yeah. That doesn't matter. Right. So um, then did you have to take your, um, like, online menu down or what did you like they couldn't order from the app there because they were ordering it from the app right yeah so i just disabled the app from there okay so now for for now nobody can order again what was the story with the queso why was there no queso because we just didn't have any prepped oh and it's it's like it's hard you can't make that per order you have to make a big batch and if we made it we would just have to throw it away so got it got it okay that makes a lot of sense what's the um so now Social media, there you run at a price point where it would make literally no sense to run paid ads, right? Correct. None. But you know, what are your thoughts on people who are running, who want to run paid ads on social media? Because you're definitely not the social media person. So, what do you, you know, do you have any thoughts on it? I know Callie's going to have a lot when he joins, but I just kind of want to talk through what we think about it. I have a general. I I don't like them personally. I am also because I I tend to take just my personality and my way of thinking, um, and and just put that into other people's perspectives. So um, when it comes to like any kind of advertising in general, I'm like, why would why would I pay for this? Like, cause I know that I'm not going to pay attention to the majority of it. I'm going to click, click, you know, just click all the pop-ups and I've got ad blockers on my computer. Like I've got all of these things out there where I'm like, it doesn't make sense. But th- I realize that there are people out there who do click on ads. Well, there, yes, there are definitely people out there who do click on ads. And the thing is like, I'm, t- I'm talking specifically like about social media ads, right? So you don't really spend time on social media. I, yeah. I don't understand that at all because I've, I don't think I've ever seen a social media ad in my life. Oh, uh, you, mm, I've it, helped create them. Yeah. I've never, but I've never witnessed one. Right. So it just seems to me that, you know, I think it's a, I almost want to say in many instances, it's a little bit of a desperation move, or maybe it's that people don't know any better. 
And I know that there are companies that make their entire revenue stream is play, is off of running paid ads for people, right? They'll create the ads, they'll manage them, they'll run them. We know a couple of people who do it. But it, it just, for me, like when you, if you're not looking at like all of the other avenues that people can explore first, I feel like you're doing a really big disservice to your clients that, that you're working with because there's a lot of things you can do before you run a paid ad a lot. There, there really are. And, and there's a lot of free and uh, inexpensive ways to increase your customer base or increase your reach without having to go straight for paid ads. Right. And, and sometimes it legit doesn't make sense if your price point, you know, if you're selling a $15 item, like the concept of running a paid ad against that item is stupid unless you're going to bundle it into, you know, sell a, sell a four pack of them or something. And then it's $60. Look at how quickly I did that math, Corey. Yeah. Look at that. Um, uh, yeah. I'm a math champ over here. I'm sure there's some sort of calculation that can be made because we're, we're talking about small business owners who are only mo- moving maybe a couple hundred, a couple thousand units, you know, a, a week or a month or yeah. whatever that time period is. But for, I mean, at larger companies, it would make sense. I mean, there's advertisements all the time on online and on TV for cheap things, but it's because <laughs> they're it's because they're selling thousands a day. I right? I would assume, oh, yeah. I would suppose. Yeah, I would I'm, I'm, when I say paid ads are dumb, or as a first move, or even like your tenth move for trying to like sell your products or services, I'm talking about small business owners. And I'm really talking about small business owners who, who they're not moving a ton of product or services and they don't, their price point doesn't justify it. You know, right. It's because the, there's a lot of variables that come in with the customer acquisition costs when you're talking about um, social media ads, running paid ads. And so I just, my preference is to tell people just find other ways first, try everything else before you try doing that, right? So I know, you know, Callie's a big fan of list hacking, right? So you can, you know, list hack, which I'm sure we'll get into with him. And I, the reason I'm sure we will is because we'll ask him about it. But, you know, those are, there are different things you can do. Partnerships, collaborations, who already has your audience that you're trying to sell to? And then working with those people, you know, just consistent marketing and but I'm talking the the branding and the content that you're putting out and being consistent about that. And then of course your sales process, but you don't have to, a lot of people, their first, their go-to move is I'm going to run paid ads on social media. And I'm like, okay, your money, but I, I, that's not what I would do. I mean, we you know Mitch from Pascots loved paid ads. That's what he wanted to do. And we're like, dude, let's, let's not do it. Let's not do it. Yeah. And it was just because he didn't know there were other options out there. Now he knows better. Yep. Um, Well, we're going to have to take a break. Uh, We're coming up against it here on this first half of the show. But when we come back to Defeat the Chaos, we're going to have Callie Keen on. And we're going to dive back into uh, marketing, paid ads, and all of that. Social media. Yes. So we will take a quick break and be back with Callie. Hey everybody, it's Corey and Julie from Defeat the Chaos. Our show on the Voice America Business Channel is for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and winners. If you're a loser, scram. Yeah, scram losers. Defeat the Chaos hits on the struggles of what it's like to be an entrepreneur. We celebrate the wins and we dissect the losses. 
And unlike most boring business shows, we aren't that. We like to have fun. We have informative guests on. We talk about current events that affect small businesses. And there's plenty of gambling talk because risk and owning a small business go hand in hand. Oh, and we record live so there's no editing or production if we screw up, which we do. So join us every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel or catch the replays whenever you have time. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Defeat the Chaos with Corey Harris and Julie Traxler hits on topics every week that affect small business owners across this country. They provide insights that show entrepreneurs how to reduce stress, wear fewer hats, and work shorter hours. Take your business from being owner-dependent and stagnant to growth-ready and process-driven every Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Right, and welcome back to Defeat the Chaos, everybody. We've got Callie Keene back on the show, and we're going to dive back into the topic of social media and paid ma- paid ads and, and all of that. How are you doing today, Callie? I'm doing great. Yeah. Thanks for having me on the show. Of course. So you are, like, one of my favorite things about you is your brilliance when it comes to marketing, because you're not a marketer, but you are really good at marketing. You're really good because you take a very pragmatic approach to it and you don't fall prey to some of the shenanigans that most people fall prey to. Yeah, I, I'm, I like marketing because if I sell stuff, I get to make more stuff. So that's pretty much my whole motivation here. And then of course, working with clients, if they don't sell stuff, they kind of go out of business. So then they're not clients as well. So there's some good alignment there to learn good marketing. But yeah, a lot of the stuff that uh, marketers tell you is to give them a job. Um, they're tactics that they can deploy for you, but they're not brand building strategies because those are much deeper conversations that requires maybe you'd have a mentor or a coach or a peers or some introspective work. And the problem that I have with most digital marketing is it's a tactic that allows you to scale success, but people have broken foundations. So they're scaling mediocrity. That's the thing that I say all the time is what are you actually growing? If your conversion rate on your site is really bad because your landing pages are terrible or your product messaging is bad, you're just sending more traffic to a losing situation. Does that make sense? It does. It definitely does. And, and well, so websites. That's something that uh, Julie and I have had many conversations over and a lot of people, um, a lot of people who we've coached and just talked to, I have, um, you know, they, they have a, I don't know, I think a lot of people have a different opinion about their website and how much um, that can add or detract from your business. And it's really hard, especially because like I know with like SEO, for example, you like you can get lost in the ether if you're constantly changing your page because Google like there's no way that like it takes a while for Google to 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 scroll scroll crawl your page and gather the information so that you can rank higher and then if you don't give it enough time you can't really do a good test to see how well the messaging um, actually lands so like I guess when it comes to that like what would be like 
How do you coach your clients on that? Yeah. So SEO is slow and it's not that predictable in, except for when you look at it from a long-term perspective, it's predictability is it's a hundred percent effective given an effective strategy over a long period of time. So if you said, Hey, we have two years to build a brand and we're going to use a blog. Great. But the level of effort to then use that as the backbone of your strategy is probably too high for most people. So you're going to have to have some strong digital marketing chops. You're going to have some really good understanding of the business. So the actual product or what your customer is trying to achieve. So very good customer knowledge. Uh, and you're going to, I don't know, you're gonna, yeah, you're going to have to understand digital marketing, understand your customer and understand writing really well. And if you're just starting, you probably don't have any of those things. You can't hire a copywriter very easily, but you wouldn't even know what to tell them to write about. And you're probably not an expert digital marketer because then we wouldn't be having that conversation in the first place, right? So it's one of those things where somebody's like, it's effective. Neil Patel uses it. It is effective, but is it the right tool for this position? And it's great when you look at content that lives forever because it is a cumulative effort. So I really like my podcast because it allows me to meet and have conversations with people like yourself, right? It's a great networking tool. Is that going to change the dynamics of my business overnight having a podcast? Probably not. The average podcast gets about, well, I think it's like over 90% get under a thousand downloads a month. So it's it's probably not going to blow up your e-commerce business. So the problem with those strategies like that, Corey, is that it sets people up to be scammed by the, the hucksters of the world to say, I'm going to show you how to do this. I am going to show you how to do a cold email campaign. You're like, ooh, what is that? Like, <laughs> it's a code word for spamming people. <laughs> but, <is>. you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to show you how to. And then whatever comes next is usually some silver bullet which involves the only thing that's getting uh, nailed is your brand right there. <laughs> you know, that's about it. Well, and, um, uh, but yeah, so I was going to say like with that, the um, like click funnels, for example, uh, that's something like Julius tried to explain to me. I still don't get them, whatever. We're not going to get into that. But when we had um, David Breyer on and he was like, I brought that up and he was talking about like, oh yeah, he's like, it's successful if you're the person who invented ClickFunnels because it's, you know, there's millions of people out there who have that site, but 99.9, however many percent of them don't actually make money. Right. What did he say? He was giving the data on how many people are in that like two comma club versus how many people actually pay for ClickFunnels. He's yeah. like, it's ridiculously Uns- unsuccessful for most people who use click funnels, but you just, you, everybody knows about it and people it buy into it. It also is marketed towards a segment of people that their probability of success is very low because it, it's targeted towards people that are extreme beginners. And it's targeted as like a, I call it magical thinking. It, it's, it's right in the marketing, you know, what you're one funnel away. I'm like, yeah, a ton of knowledge, And then one more funnel that's expertly executed with great nurturing and then sales skills and a product that people want. And you're just one, you're just one successful business away from success. (laughs) And, but training people to think that there's just one, you know, it's called click funnels. Like I'm going to click and get it. It it's just a fancy website builder and has some additional tools 
And, and I, I, it kind of drives me nuts because you, you're seeing more of this for e-commerce. So you're seeing this with physical products more and more is like putting in upsells, cross sells, one-time offers, like down sells, lots of things that you'd see in the funnel world into e-commerce. And we're people are getting sucked into that thinking like, oh, I'm not successful, but if I had a downsell offer or I had some kind of special bundling plugin, like now my brand is going to be successful. And then they're just, they're just wasting more money. It drives me insane. It really does. When I, you think about, cause it, the amount of effort it takes to learn to use a product like that and really be successful at it. But then you have to, it begs the question and I don't know, maybe this is like, an unpopular question to ask, but does that then make the whole click funnels, the whole click funnels program, a little bit of a huckster huckster type program because of the way that it's marketed and who it's targeting. Look, if, if you hung out when all your friends were thieves, drug dealers and other ne'er do wells, right. But you were not, what would be my impression of you? Oh, you would think that saying. I, yes. <laughs> yeah. Look at the company that you keep. That's all that I say. I won't turn your show into my mouthpiece for internet scammers, but look, that is a platform that somehow magically attracts all of the scammers. So you know that it's effective if you want to be like them, which I don't want to be like them. So we don't uh, either. I would move. Yeah. So I, I'm not super interested, but from a methodology standpoint or understanding little things like when somebody buys is a great time to then have them buy something else. Right. Uh, that that's just a psychological trigger that makes sense. It's rooted in science and it's deployed using that software, but you can deploy it using your website. You can deploy it with in an email sequence. There's, there's lots of things. Most of my strategies really just come down to understanding what somebody wants to do with their life, building messaging around that, yeah. and then releasing product after product that helps facilitate that. That opens up the doors for collaboration with other people. And then I can use their list, their influence, their reach to then sell my products and leverage their brand equity. So I, I call this ecosystem sales because I want to understand the ecosystem of my customer's problem. And then I want to use all the other tools that are out there to then facilitate my sales. So like, where did they come from? What are they trying to do afterwards? What's the thing that would make my product twice as good? And then I, I can understand really quick strategies of who owns my audience already. And uh, that doesn't really involve ads. And it helps me with my messaging because I'm not the best writer. And um, it helps you build better products. So I, I think that that's to me, that's a pretty straightforward, solid strategy. If you get all that stuff down, then you can amplify the, that effect with ads, for sure. Uh, you can amplify that effect with a lot of these other strategies, but left on their own, it's like, uh, it's just going into a vacuum. It's, there's, no, there's no structure there. So it's like they're, they're selling you this wonderful, complex castle, like, oh, we're going to build this amazing structure, this complicated, super funnel, email, SMS harassing system, but it's on a foundation of, of garbage. Well, there's no way that it can work. And for me, I, 
I, I get easily turned off by the over-communication by companies and will write somebody off if they are being too pushy. For instance, Julie, hold your ears because I'm going to talk about Cabo right now. But um, we uh, we had this salesman come in and his, his company, they, they wash windows and we've got a lot of windows. And he was like, hey, you want us to wash your windows? Like we can sign you up, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, now nah, we've already got a guy. He does most of the building anyways. We're just going to go with him. And he's like, are you sure? And he just kept like going and going and going. And then like he would, the conversation went and end. And, and I was like, I, I've got somebody. And then, uh, you know, probably like a week and a half, two weeks later, he came back in. He's like, hey, just following up on this. What's going on? I was like, dude, I've already signed somebody. I'm good. Just kind of shut him down and he left. And, and I was looking at uh, one of the guys who was in there. He's like, oh, you uh, signed the other guy? I was like, I don't even know how much the other guy costs. But the fact that he, like, I don't want to, I just don't want to do business with that man. So I'm not going to use his service because, like, I just had such a terrible experience with him as a human being and as a salesperson <laughs> that I would pay much more to the other guy who just came in. It's like, hey, you ready for your win? Uh, cool. I'll be back in a month if you're ready. And, you know, had a, a much better sales approach that, that matched, meshed with me. I love this story so much because I, I call this anti-marketing. I call it anti-sales, but it's anti-marketing. And there's a survivor bias in business where they say, hey, you know, all the money is in the follow-up or mm-hmm. all the money is in the emails, you know, and you get harassed with email after email after email. And you get harassed by follow-up, follow-up, follow-up with a salesperson. They're like, look, I got a sale. But what they don't understand is how many sales that they will never ever get in the rest of human existence because of their terrible follow-up policy. So they're like, I have a hundred possible sales. I land eight of them initially. So I have 92 and everybody that's listening, you probably do this with your email newsletter and you don't realize it. You don't open up email newsletters. Your customers don't either. You're not special. Everybody hates them. Okay. So Salespeople, marketing people, they do the same thing with their ads or their content. And I don't know why everybody goes around pretending this is a good strategy because Corey, you're hundred percent right. Is in reality, if that guy said, you know what, sounds like you're set, but if you ever have a problem, here you go. Look, I'm just starting out. I'm, I'm trying to do this. I'm building this business and I can appreciate that you don't need your, you, that you're set. But if you ever know anybody and you know anybody else, that needs their windows clean, I'll match that price. I'll go out of my way to help them and prove to you that I'm the best. But just leave it at that. Out of that 92 times of failure, there's a better percentage chance that they will have recaptured some of those sales. But what they'll do is they'll look at those 92 failures, harass the daylights out of them, and then get two more sales and be like, see, it's in the follow-up. You got a follow-up. I got two more sales out of that but they'll never get the big sale where it's, it's like you're authentic. You're actually trying to help people and you refer them to a warm lay down sale or somebody shares out your message or your email or your podcast or whatever. And it's like, I want to do a big deal. I love these people. They'll never love you. They'll just begrudgingly have to do business with you because the other person died. Yeah. So uh, where's the line between the follow-up of, um, you know, keep coming back and coming back. And the person who reaches out to you first is interested and then asks you like, yeah, I'm really interested. I want to move forward. And then kind of ghosts you when it's time to close the deal. And you're like, I, me personally, 
I'm like, I don't have time for that bullshit. Like if you're ready, then you're ready. If you're not, then like, that's cool. Like I'm an adult. I have a spine. I can take it. I am. My feelings will not be hurt, but motherfucker, if you waste my time, I promise you, I no longer want your fucking money and I'm not going to help you when you need it. Like that's how I, I get so irritated about this. Like, it's like, it's so disrespectful. Like, hey, Callie, I could really use your help on something. Cool. I will, like, walk you through what it is. Then I'm like, give me your, like, tell me what that's going to cost me. You pull together a proposal and I just fucking ghost you. Like, nothing. Like, I don't have time for that. I might lose some sales because of this, but um, I feel like I close things more effortlessly because of what I'm about to share. And one, I, I create content. So I've got my, I've got my podcast. I've got my little Facebook group. And so if I feel like that person's not really the right fit at any time, I can say, look, Hey man, I put out a crazy amount of free content. It's purely designed for you to be able to grow a business to whatever you can possibly stand without paying me a dollar. Just go check that out. Yep. Okay. Listen to a couple episodes you'll think it's crazy valuable or you'll think I'm crazy, but either way we know how to move forward. If you think it's crazy valuable, message me back. Most people don't message me back. Okay. And, but then if they do, they're like, this sounds really great. I listened to this episode. I would like you to help me with this thing. I'm saying, okay, well, that would cost around this much. Is that what your budget is? And usually that would, again, that would end the conversation. It's like, Hey, and, a specific engagement with me would cost this much per month or it would cost this much in total. And if they're like, that sounds great, then I move forward and I say, hey, I'm okay, I'm going to write a proposal and I'll send it to you by next Monday. Mm-hmm. And uh, so like I have given myself the opportunity to lose that sale a bunch of times, but I very rarely have somebody like look at the proposal and then they're confused with it. Cause we've like talked to them yeah. about what it is. Even at the top of my proposal, I put my price right at the top because I feel like everybody scrolls to the bottom to see it. Yeah. And looks at what the well, price is. I just put it right at the top. I don't think that people are confused when they see our proposals. I, this is what I actually think it is. I think that people realize, and maybe this is me being really naive I think people realize, because one of the most common things that we help small business owners with is essentially firing themselves, right? Go, be, going from owner-driven to process-driven. And that's, in my opinion, it's the hardest thing for a, an entrepreneur to do. It is a hard corner to turn, and people really struggle with it. And you can't just want to do it. You have to have the desire and the intentions and the commitment, right? I think when people see the proposal- they realize I don't want to do all that work and they don't want to admit they don't want to do all that work. So rather than having to be like, uh, they just either ghost you or they'll, they'll be like, I, I can't, I don't, I don't really have the money right now. Right. Like I, I had a dude who wanted like, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell this story. I'm going to tell without using a name. Cause uh, we all know this person. They wanted help with this. They wanted to, brand this new business and they wanted a marketing strategy and they really wanted to figure out how to differentiate themselves. And I spent like three phone calls with this guy 
helping him, walked him through everything, told him how much work it was going to be for him and what I, how I was going to help. He's all good on the price. And then he was like, ah, you know what? I really, I can't, I really can't afford it right now. Cause you know, I'm, I'm trying to save all my money for taxes or whatever. And I was like, cool. And then I see our friend Scott Simmons post that he just sold him two new trucks. And I was like, taxes, <laughs> <laughs> right? That was the impetus hey, for my people are full of shit post. Is it way enough where it's a 179 introduction? <laughs> Who knows? But, but no, I, I, no, I, I totally agree with that. Okay. So what I mean is that if that's their goal, people are falling victim in a record amount to magical thinking. Yes. Okay. And so what they're coming to you and saying, Julie's got the secret sauce. Corey's got the secret sauce. They're going to show me how I can get my life back. And they are predicting that it's going to be less work for them, but just like everything that's valuable in your life, it requires effort to get there. So it's not a steep downhill decline. It's a little bit of a uphill climb systems, processes, audits, customer interviews, market analysis, all of those pieces they probably are not that great of a manager. They're probably a t- terrible leader, right? Personal habits, all of these pieces put in into place. That sounds like a lot of work and I don't want to pay you for homework. So I'm going to go to this other guy who said that he has a picture of a laptop on a beach. I'm not <laughs> sure what beach it is, but I'm not picky. It sounds a lot better than SP base. <laughs> sure. And, uh, we, I'm sure, lose a, a lot of sales just from being honest about that. Because realistically, like some, when sometimes people come to us and they say we need X, Y, or Z, and it's gonna, it's gonna cost you this, and this is how much work it's gonna be on your end, and they're not just well, you probably can just hire another employee then. Like you can just hire somebody else to do the work that you don't want to do, or that you know you think is going to help you get to where you want to go. But if you don't want to put the work in, then you're you're gonna have to pay for it somehow. Whether it's with your time, your money, it's gonna you know, like you're gonna pay for it. People are just, it's interesting. I just I you know I I cannot emphasize enough how hard it is to make that change, and and I think a lot of people don't. They would rather not do that hard work to get to the other side of it. It's like trying to climb to the top of a mountain, right? And they get to the top of the mountain. It's like, Oh my God, it's, it's glorious, right? That view is amazing, but you got to climb, you got to work to get to the top. And they're like, Oh, I don't know. I could just sit here and like, I'm a quarter way up the mountain. It's pretty from here. <laughs> and yeah. And, and it's, we, yeah, go ahead. We talk about this. Sorry. No, Sorry, go ahead, Gal. Uh, uh, yeah. We, we, we talk about this with uh, the partnership model using other people's audience as well. Cause it sounds like something that you could just pull the trigger on and that it's, it's magical thinking. Like somebody's going to just blast out my product. And then you realize, okay, the work of this is that I have to stand for something. I have to understand the, the system of the market that is associated with my customer, who they are, what they want. I have to build an actual brand and then I have to demonstrate to the other organizations or other leaders, like I can competently run a business. So if you do business with me, I can execute on the thing that I'm pitching you and going through that strategy. Now it's, again, it kind of looks like work. And I see on my side of things, people fall back and say, I could just run ads. I'm like, but you can't, it won't like you can, but 
we now we need to talk about a lot of number stuff. And you said you don't like numbers things and ads is a game of customer acquisition costs and lifetime value and how you're floating cash in an inventory. And like, now we're going to go for a different flavor of working with Cali, which is spreadsheets. And I don't know that you want that either. So it, it, I definitely get in that situation where somebody's like, I don't think that that's, that's the thing for me. I don't see why somebody would want to collaborate with my business. I don't see why somebody would partner or why they would say yes. And I don't want to do all those works to position myself as a inevitable. So I'm just going to go take XYZ's Facebook ads training course, and I'm going to run those ads. And, uh, and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's the same as, as hiring. Well, you, you would have, do better off hiring somebody temporarily or part-time using that money that you would spend on Facebook ads to actually do the work, do that social media engagement, create that content, be an actual human being instead of just blasting out and that just hoping that maybe somebody's going to click accidentally on your ad and like what they see on your website. Yeah. I can honestly tell you, I've never once sold anything using like a cold email campaign. Never. I've never even gotten a bite. Ever. Yeah. It doesn't work. It, it doesn't work, but for us creating the, the content does work. I mean, we've, we've got numerous uh, just connections and, and we've got business, we've got clients, et cetera. We got, we almost got on supermarket sweeps yes. as a result of it. We got a radio show as a result of it. Yeah. So it, it but that wasn't after seven episodes. That was after 120 episodes. It, it's, you know, it, it's, uh, we had to put in the time to get to that point where people we didn't know were listening to our podcasts. And that was the weirdest thing when somebody's like, oh yeah, you know, that this radio show, for example, it's like, oh yeah, my assistant listens to your show and thought that, and I was like, wait, who's your assistant? We don't know your assistant. How did, you know, like, like that was like such a cool experience for me at least. Yeah. Yeah. It's in, it's, 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 it's the consistency, right? And that's, that's a big part of it. But I just, I think early on, I thought paid ads were a really good, they were smart, but I have completely changed my mind on it. And now I think uh, they're, they're, you have to be really strategic about how you're executing them. It's not, they're not something you should use every single day for everything you're doing ever. They're just far too accessible now that we have the platform. You don't have to have a media buyer and you don't have to worry about TV or billboards or newspaper. The complexity and accessibility is lower. So people think that it's easier. It's more competitive because of that. And it's just, if it was that easy, like it, everyone would do it and then it would become difficult, which is essentially what's happened. So it's very strange. It is. All right. We got 30 seconds left. We got to wrap it up. Callie, tell our listeners how they can find you. The best place is if you listen to podcasts and hype podcasts, check it out. It's on iTunes. It's on all the platforms. Take a listen. And, uh, Connect with me on social. Perfect. This is Julian Corey for Defeat the Chaos. Listen to us live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern on Voice American Business Channel or catch the replays anytime you want. Have a great week. Mm-hmm.